0: You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple Podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Well, what I'm about to do is... uh not only going to disappoint my family, but they're actually going to disown me. (laughs) Forgive me, Lord, I have sinned. Now... I took one for the team there. Um, You know, I don't know if you know what goes through a pastor's mind when he's about to leave a place that um, he's loved. You know, there's a lot of pastors that don't get to lead the right way. They get run off or they're really dying to leave. But that's not the case with Lori and I. So, as we sang that song today, I Speak Jesus, I asked for that song uh, and that's kind of what I want to do today. That's something that I try to do every day that I'm here is speak to Jesus over you. I tried to think about the message today and what I was going to share, and um, Acts chapter 20 will be where most of it comes from today. But I thought about in the beginning of things that I've said when I came here, just in sayings, just in different things, and um, just certain things like, You've heard me say, and even like today, but the greatest miracle that ever takes place here on a Sunday is someone can walk inside here lost on their way to hell and leave on their way to heaven. Amen? There's nothing that you and I can do to make God love us any more or any less. And then I made a statement my first year here, and Then I didn't realize that really applied to me, but I said, we all need to get very comfortable at getting uncomfortable. I said, we're all a mess. You know why? Because your pastor's a mess, and you're a mess. But God comes in the middle of all these messes and cleans them up and makes something very beautiful. And I said, every Sunday, there are always cripples at the door. I said the church is a hospital for sinners. That we also needed to be a church that is known for what it's for instead of what it is against. And none of us, and I tell my staff that, should never do anything to give the church a black eye. Then when it comes to some of my Southern humor and accent, you don't get it. And I remember one time I was trying to illustrate how to really hang in there when times are rough. Well, in the South, they understand this, but I told y'all you need to hang in there like hair in a biscuit. See, in the South, we have these big old cathead biscuits that mom and them would make, and a lot of syrup, and if you ever had a hair in a biscuit, it's just hard to get that out, isn't it? So there you go, hanging there like hair in a biscuit. I remember so many times that Lori and I would walk into restaurants, and especially after Lori would even open her mouth, and I guess they would say, "Well, you're not from around here, are you?" No, and she said. And then they'd ask Lori like, "What she wants to drink?" And the waitress would always say, well, "I guess she wants some sweet tea," and of course, Lori really don't drink sweet tea. But I remember when I was uh, here. Y'all remember when I preached the series on the, let me spell it for you, W-E-L-L? And people were making fun of me, and they put a fish in that well, W-H-A-L-E, because they didn't understand that. I had a lady come in today uh, whose mom is from Kentucky, and she said, my mom needed me to tell you that you do pronounce the word S-C-H-O-O-L, right, school, not school, not this or that. She, she got it. But I remember Lori's first Wednesday night meal because she came a couple months after me. And when we were doing the Wednesday night meal, she was walking through the line and we had some soup and some different things like that. And it was Dave Bill's wife, Ellen Bill, and she was behind the table. And Lori was going through there and she said, can I have a bowl? Excuse me? I need a bowl. Something to put my soup in. Oh, a bowl. B-O-W-L. So we, you know... But over time, people have begun to understand us. The funny thing was, I, I did tell the church when I was down there preaching in View Call, y'all do understand me right from the beginning, don't you, <laughs> I'm from Alabama. But how do you say farewell to friends? There once was a man trying to express his feelings to a co-worker after hearing he had been transferred to another city. And here's what he wrote in the farewell card. No matter how far away you move, you'll always be a dear friend several of us think about sometimes. Now that wasn't as bad as another co-worker who wrote, we are really going to miss trying to avoid you around here. Goodbye and good luck. Might as well just said good riddance. When it comes to farewells, you might be like Snoopy, who said to Charlie Brown one day, why can't we all, why can't we get all the people together in the world that we really like and just stay together? I guess that wouldn't work. Someone would leave. Someone always leaves. Then we would have to say goodbye. I hate goodbye. I know what I need. I need more hellos. So how do you say farewell to friends? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about today on this final day as your pastor. If you take God's Word and turn with me to Acts chapter 20, uh, where we find another pastor saying his final farewell to his friends, and what he said to his friends, I want to say to you, my friends, here, the members of Lima Baptist Temple. Before we look at chapter 20, we really need to kind of go back to chapter 19 where we find Paul serving and preaching and witnessing in Ephesus for three years. It seems that a businessman named Demetrius, a silversmith, heard the gospel from Paul and decided to follow Jesus. Now, when Demetrius got saved, he no longer wanted to make uh, little shrines of Diana. He, uh, so he called a meeting of the other craftsmen in Ephesus. And he explained how now that he was saved, he could no longer help them make a profit through these little figurines of the goddess Diana. You see, when a person meets Jesus in salvation, there are some things that will change. Your priorities will change. Your passions will change. And your purpose will change. 2 Corinthians five seventeen says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And back in Acts 19, the salvation of Demetrius was the last straw for those businessmen. And they got to, so upset that a riot broke out. Everywhere Paul went, either a riot or a revival broke out. Well, after emotions started settling down, Paul departed for Macedonia on his third missionary journey. And after several stops, we read in Acts 20, beginning with verse 15b, the day after that, he went to Miletus, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening to be at Jerusalem. If possible, on the day of Pentecost. So one day in Miletus, we read in verse 17 of Acts 17, that he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. After the leaders of the church of Ephesus received Paul's request, they set up, on a 30 mile, they set out on a 30-mile trip to Miletus. And what we have beginning in verse 18 is Paul's final farewell to his friends in Ephesus. Now, what Paul said to his friends in his farewell is what he wanted them to remember after he was gone. In verse 18, first of all, he tells them, Stay faithful in the work. Stay faithful in the work. Look at verse 18. And when they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day I set foot in Asia. Paul had been faithful in the work in the whole time and during the good times, as well as the bad times. It's easy, and we know that. It's easy to be faithful when things are going well in our lives. But it's another thing to be faithful when things are not going so well. I think about many of you over the years who have remained faithful to the work here at Lima Baptist Temple. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for being faithful and ministering to the members in our community. Thank you for giving and all of your giving that has helped spread the gospel to the nations. It's your faithfulness that ensures that God's work through this fellowship will not only continue, but also succeed. So stay faithful in the work. You know, the stage is set for work here to continue, impacting our community through different ministries. I mean, we have some incredible things that will continue here and they're still going on. God has continued to bless this worship gathering week by week as we have seen people saved, baptized, just like this morning, and joined in where many of you serve. So in Paul's final farewell to his friends, he reminds them to stay faithful in the work. But secondly, he also says, stay faithful to the word. Stay faithful to the word. Verse 20, how did I not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable in teaching you in public and from house to house? You see, Paul didn't hold back from speaking the truth to them because he loved them. The church at Ephesus had a Bible-believing pastor that they benefited from it. He didn't preach things they wanted to hear, but things that they needed to hear. And when he says here in verse 20 that he had kept back nothing, that was helpful. The word he used here has the idea of withholding food from the table that people need for healthy nutrition. You know what Paul did? He put the food on the table. And that's what I've tried to do here in my nine years. In the future, as the pressure and the persecution mounts against Bible-believing pastors all across our nation and even here in this community. Listen, stay faithful to the Word in your life, in your personal life, and in your professional life. This is no time to start backing away From God's word. No time at all. As pressure comes, we're going to find out what people really believe and where they stand. So as Paul stands on the shores of Miletus, saying his final farewell to his friends, he tells them first of all, stay faithful in the work, and then secondly, stay faithful to the word. And then, thirdly, stay faithful in your Witness. Verse 21, testifying both to Jews and to the Greek of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand this morning that a witness is not a witness without including repentance and faith? Think of repentance and faith. As the two bookends of salvation. On the one end of salvation is repentance. And on the other end of salvation is faith. Repentance and faith. So what is repentance? Well repentance speaks of a change of mind. That causes a change of direction. So when Paul speaks here of repentance toward God. He's talking about turning your life toward God. And turning your life from sin. To turn towards something, you have to turn from something. So, to repent is to change your mind, to turn around and go the other direction. Next, he uses the other bookend of salvation. Faith. Faith is taking God at his word and doing it. When you do what God's word says, You're exercising Bible faith. Did you hear that? For example, we read in the famous passage, what? Romans 10 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is what? Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. And that has never changed. Amen? Now remember what Bible faith is it is taking God at his word. And doing it, right? Well, according to Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, by confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you've just exercised faith. Not just faith, but saving faith. And then he says, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Stay faithful in your witness. Look at this. We don't have a come and hear gospel. We have a go and tell gospel. Remember, God never had a plan B. God wants us to tell everyone about our faith. The gospel, the Bible never tells the lost to come to church. Do you know that? But it does command the church to go to the lost. Don't ever forget that. Paul impacted the city of Ephesus with the gospel by going to where people were saved, man, where they were and they were never really expecting listen he went to the city, and he witnessed, and he shared his testimony. And people were saved, never expecting to be saved, but then they got saved, and then they came to the church because they were saved. Listen, verse 20, verse B says, teaching you in public. What is that? Worship gatherings. And what's the next part? And from house to house and small group. Paul saw a mission field in every man, every woman, boy, and girl he met regardless of color, creed, or race, or religion. Every single person Paul saw was someone for whom Christ died, someone who needed a word from God. So hear me this morning. Go and tell people how you met Jesus. Go and tell people how Jesus changed your life. Go and tell how Jesus has given you a full and meaningful life. Go and tell that through repentance and faith that Jesus can make them a new person. In other words, stay faithful in your witness. Fourthly, and lastly, stay faithful in your watch. I really had to contemplate this one, but you need to hear this. Beginning in verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day, to admonish every one with tears. Verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves. In other words, keep an eye on your walk with God. And to all the flock, keep an eye on the people of God. If you don't hear anything else I said today, hear these three things. Put them up. Refuse to tolerate those who divide the fellowship. Second, refuse to tolerate those who derail the fellowship. And thirdly, refuse to tolerate those who destroy the fellowship. Paul describes these destroyers as savage wolves who spare not the flock. Hear me, church. It's not if they're coming. They're coming. Be on guard. As you stay faithful in your watch, follow what Paul instructed the believers in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another, in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and all. Maybe Dr. Zeus was right when he said, don't cry because it's over, smile because it's happened. And when you smile, stay faithful in the work. Stay faithful in the word. Stay faithful in your witness and stay faithful in your watch. Verse 36 of Acts 20 says, And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. As I said in my resignation, God is the one who called us here almost nine years ago. And it has been wonderful. And he's also the one who has called us to this next church in Alabama. But I also know the Lord has another pastor for Lima Baptist Temple that he will call here for this great church. So you need to stay faithful and stay committed. We need to understand that change is good. I said in one of my first sermons here, Our methods will change a lot, but the message will never change. The message stays the same. As Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. It will never change. But understand, methods will. We are the body of Christ. I remember one of my first Sundays here too, and I had the puzzle pieces on the screen, all going together, because there's so many different body parts. and many of you, all of you who know the Lord, but you have spiritual gifts, and you need to use them for the welfare and the growth for this church. The church is not built around a personality. Have you heard how many times I've ever heard Pastor Cannon and the Canaanites, and the Canaanites, I never want to hear an Elmore Knight or whatever it is. I came because God called me. I preach because God gave me a word to preach. This church is only built around one personality, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's all it never needs to be, ever needs to be built around. But I want you to hear this, the only way you are going to grow this church and the only way that I'm going to be able to grow the church where I'm going, you know what it is? It's by loving God and loving people. That's it, loving God and loving people. This is what I told our new church when I was there preaching that Sunday. Don't forget this. If you will treat and love Lori and I half as much as this church here does, we're going to get along just fine. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. This is the hardest place I've ever, ever had to leave in spite of all the Buckeyes. It's been a challenge. It has been a joy and a privilege to be your pastor. Let me close out with Philippians 4, 1-9. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm, thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat, Yodia, and entreat, Syntyche, to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, i Baptist temple. Brothers, sisters, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Lori and I cannot thank you enough. We cannot show you enough appreciation but we love you. And you are a great church. And I know many of you are wondering, what is the next steps? Well, let me tell you, you have an incredible, incredible staff. A staff that not only loves doing what they do, but they're all servants. They're all servants. And I told our staff many times, this isn't A got-to job. It's a get-to job. This next Tuesday is our normal deacons meeting, and they'll be forming a pastor search team. I've already talked to Rod Hanson, who's our chairman of deacons, and they will come from the deacons. But you need to understand this, ladies and gentlemen. If the Lord builds the house, nobody can tear it down. Nobody. Well, I want to close today like I always do with an imitation of, if you don't know Jesus, today is the day of salvation. If you're looking for a church home, even though the pastor is leaving, but this is a great one to plug in. They need you now more than ever. You can come do that today. But I'm going to ask most of you, many of you who are able to come and pray for your current church staff. Right now, because they need you. They need you. And to pray for whoever God's man will be, the next person, and for their family. Because it's through prayer, guys, is where we survive it all. So I want you to know, again, that I love you, I appreciate you, and I would just ask that you would do today. What God would ask you to do. Let's pray together. Father, as we come now to a time again of your invitation, God, I've stood up here, God, probably 500 plus times. Lord, we've seen you do great things. We've seen you save souls from hell. We've seen people join our fellowship. We've seen marriages restored. We've seen people restored from financial disaster. We've seen healing, Lord, from physical to spiritual to emotional. God, whatever needs to take place in this place today, God, I pray that it will happen. And God, I do pray for this church. I pray for this incredible staff that you've called here and you have gifted. That, God, you would be with them the days ahead. And, God, they could feel the love and support from this church body. And, God, for whoever you have to be the next man. So, God, today I pray that you, like every week, that your will would be done. And it's your blessed name I ask it all. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.